the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, everybody. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We've been talking for the last six months or so just about protecting the body of Christ, defending the church against what's out there. You know, we talked about what was false. We talked about deceit. We talked about the enemies. We talked about the danger within the pulpit from false preachers. Lately, God's put on my heart just just trying to defend our souls, as it were. And we talked about, I think, last week, almost like the enemy that was in, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Today, I'm calling this one Soul Fair, S-O-U-L-F-A-R-E, and it's basically the fight for your soul. And this is really interesting, and I was going to just teach, we did this in Bible study yesterday, and I was just going to teach from this one scripture, but that just never happens. 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. I thought that was really interesting. There's three main points there. Number one, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Number two, abstain from fleshly lusts. And number three, the revelation that these fleshly lusts war against the soul. Now, in Bible study yesterday, I get to talk for an hour, hour and a half, but I don't know if I'll get through with the I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims in the earth today part. If not, we'll just pick up again next week. I want to give you a quote from commentator Wurst, W-U-E-S-T, and he talks about this scripture. Divinely loved ones, loved by God, I beg of you, please, as aliens and those who have settled down alongside of pagan, unsaved people should, be constantly holding yourself back from the passionate cravings, which are fleshly by nature, fleshly in that they come from the totally depraved nature, cravings of such a nature that, like an army carrying on military campaign, they are waging war, hurling themselves down upon your soul. And he's pretty much got it right about these fleshly lusts. They are hurling themselves down upon our soul. The Amplified says it like this, Beloved, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges the evil desires, the passions of the flesh of your lower nature that wage war against your soul. So you need to understand that there is a war against your soul going on, and it comes from many directions. I told you it comes from false doctrines, false teachers, false prophets. It comes from uh, liars in the pulpit. It comes from the persecutions, from the um, afflictions. It comes from the sufferings that we go through, all of that is an attack against your flesh. 
and some of it will produce good fruit, and some of it's out there to destroy you. The Amplified talked about the fact that they're waging war. All these things, especially the fleshly lusts, they are out to destroy you. God doesn't send them to you. That's the enemy within. And let's look at Peter's terminology for talking about who we are as he sees it when he writes this scripture. First Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. He's describing us that way. So, yeah, here we are. And for now, we do belong here. But we are not of here. Remember, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And this is what I'm probably going to focus on as we talk for the next 20 minutes or so. Peter puts his hands together and he's pleading with intense earnestness. He goes, for you belong not to the corruptible world. You are of an incorruptible race. Uh, Spurgeon writes this, and this is, he's so good. Those fleshly lusts belong to the present evil world, but you do not belong to the present evil world. Do you get that? Yes, we have a right to be here, but no, we don't belong here. We are here for the time being. We are like passing through, but we get to stop along the way. We're going to set up residence, but it's not a permanent residence. And we have to live amongst, like Worst says, we have to live amongst the unsaved. They're our neighbors, and we build relationships with them. But God doesn't want us getting attached to the world. Those fleshly lusts belong to this present evil world, but you do not belong to it, goes on Spurgeon. You are strangers. You are pilgrims here. Therefore, you must feel an absolute alienation towards such things and utter abhorrence of these fleshly lusts. Do not even think about them, much less practice them. Abstain from fleshly lusts, for while they injure the body, that is not the worst thing that they do, for they war against your soul. Fleshly lusts always hurt the soul. They do serious injury to the body, for they are contrary to the laws of health. But the main point for you to consider, child of God, is that they war against your soul. No man or woman can ever commit an act of uncleanness of body without grievously injuring their soul. You just don't wound your body, guys. This is me. You just don't wound your body, guys, but you do damage to your soul as well. Back to Spurgeon. It leaves a weakness, a defilement, a wound, a scar upon the soul. So may God graciously keep us from it altogether. And we're going to get back to the war about the soul in a minute. But I want to open this up. I really wish to focus on the truth that the church, while having every God-given right to be here, we don't belong here. Nine times in Scripture, uh, the phrase uh, or something similar about the earth dwellers or those that dwell upon the earth is used. And it's always used in referencing unsaved people. For example, I've got a scripture here in Revelation. It talks about uh, Revelation thirteen fourteen, And Satan deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. That does not include the church. It does not include the saints. It always refers to the people who are the citizenry of the earth. By choice, they are forsaken the kingdom of God. It always refers to the unsaved, those that dwell on the earth or earth dwellers. John 2.15 through verse 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You always want to do a self-check, guys. What are my attractions? What's appealing to me in the world? I'm a guy. I like football. I like all sports. Uh, But during the Kaepernick thing, where they started bringing race into the football games, where they started 
making everything political. I quit watching football. I just had no interest in that, which was good for me because it proved to me that I was not attached in a manner that was unhealthy. And you want to be careful. I, I love sports, but I can't make them idols in my life. They do not come before my relationship with God or my relationship with people. And it's so important that you got your priorities right. God always comes first. So when we're looking at things that we can get attached to in the world, you can get attached to your job. You can get attached sexually. You can get addictions. You can get attached to people. Politics. Politics has distracted Christianity for a while. And I am a big fan of righteous government. I am a big fan of righteous candidates. I'm a big fan of getting out the boat, of promoting righteous propositions. And yet, you have to understand, we are not here under the mandate of Christ for the purpose of ruling our government. That's not going to happen. I know people are all excited about the possibility of President Trump returning back to office and setting things right and in order. That is not the calling on the church. We ought to be good citizens. We ought to be promoting uh, Christian values. We ought to have an impact in our government. We ought to have an influence in our sphere of the people that we hang out with. But at no time did God call us to control anything. We don't fix anything. We don't rule anything in this earth realm here. Our power and our presence is in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Uh, let's see. I've got another great scripture here. Ephesians 2, 6. And God has raised us up. Who? The church. He has raised us up together with him and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's our home, folks. That's where we belong. We have access there now, matter of fact, and soon it will become a place of permanent residence for the children of God. But while our bodies are here, amen, a place has already been set aside for you and me in heaven with Christ Jesus. Even Moses understood this. He didn't have the New Testament. He didn't know anything about the new birth, but he understood that his home was not here. Hebrews eleven twenty six, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew his home was not here. He knew he had a place in glory. And so he was not going to sacrifice or compromise anything. He was heavenly minded. He set his affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Remember, saints of God, you are not citizens of the earth trying to get to heaven, but you are a citizen of heaven sojourning here on the earth. You are traveling through here on the earth, but your citizenry is in heaven. Never forget that. This world is your passage. It is not your portion. We are here to rescue others from hell. We are here to prove to ourselves that we are worthy to enter in to the heavenly kingdom. That's a twofold understanding of why we are here. There's more, but those are the two big ones. Uh, The word for stranger, remember Peter talked about, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Strangers, let's see if I can get this right. Parepidemol. <laughs> Parepidemois. P-A-R-E-P-I-D-E-M-O-I-S. And it comes from two words, para, meaning nearby. And the here aspect of that implies a transitory sense, describing someone who passes near, but he's going beyond that. That's us, strangers. Okay, we are in and among the people, but we are passing by them, but we are stopping off. We set up temporary residence there, but we're always looking ahead. There was a quote somewhere by somebody, and he talked about the fact that our relationship and our vision should be vertical. It should not be horizontal, which is really good. Get your eyes off the carnal appetites of this 
world. And here's the crux of the situation. It's almost a paradox, if you will. How do we as Christians plant ourselves in this world next to, in, and amongst, surrounded by heathen earth dwellers and live successfully for Christ? It's a great challenge, I'm telling you. And yet we are commanded to do it. Come out from amongst them and be ye separate. How do we stay untainted by their anti-guide lifestyles, by their culture, by their doctrines? The basics of life demand that we conform to their lifestyles. We share in their misfortunes. We even fight in their wars. How do we remain pure and untouched in such a perverse generation in the midst of all this evil? You know, how do we do that? Just like the Jew, this isn't the real home of the church either. Israel often rejected God. Then they repented. Then they rejected him. They repented. They rejected him. Till ultimately... Their final rejection was the rejection as Jesus as the Messiah. And the final punishment for them is just ahead. It's coming. Israel couldn't succeed without God. That was plain through Scripture. And neither will America succeed without God. Once again, this is not our home. Here, we are diplomats here. We are ambassadors. We are citizens of heaven. We are not citizens of this earth. We represent the kingdom of God. We serve another kingdom. We belong to another kingdom. Jesus told them when he came from my kingdom, is not of this earth. I could bring a legion of angels, kick your butt and deliver me. But he goes, no, 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 no. I don't live here. I don't belong here. I am just visiting for divine purpose. We don't fix anything. We don't establish anything. We don't conquer anything, church. Get that through your head. Not in this realm, we don't. Just like the Jews, the church has fallen into the exact same trap. Catch this. We believe that Jesus is setting up his kingdom now through us, that we will conquer unrighteous rule. That's the same expectation that the Jews had about Jesus. They thought Jesus was coming to establish his kingdom, that he was going to establish then, he was going to overthrow the wicked rule of the ungodly government in their lifetime. We're trying to do the same thing, thinking that we're going to recover righteousness to America through the church. That's just not going to happen, saints. Sure, we bear influence, but it isn't to rule and reign in this earth. That comes during the millennial reign of Christ. You know, the Bible says we're called to be kings and priests in this earth. We are priests now interceding on behalf of the lost and fighting for holiness in the church, but our kingdom is not of this world. We do not rule and reign on this earth at all. We have authority in the realm of the spirit. We restrain wickedness. We restrain evil. We rebuke. We cast out and we fight in the realm of the spirit. But that doesn't mean we have dominion over other people. That doesn't mean we control the political situation in the earth. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to restrain wickedness when it rises up. Yes, we need to defend those who can't defend themselves. But at the end of the day, God never called us to clean the pond. He said, I want you to fish in it. And there's a world of difference there. We're supposed to rescue people out from this evil world. We are not supposed to become a part of this evil world. So important. Sure, we do have influence, but it's not to control what's going on in the earth. We should be persecuted. We should be ostracized. We're the church. We should be jailed. We should be punished. We should even be murdered. This is not our home. This world hates us, and you better hate it as well. If we are living right, we're going to be rejected just like they rejected Jesus. Don't get stuck, saints, trying to spend all your energy on carnal accomplishments. Your spiritual influence isn't so you can fix the earth. 
it won't be fixed. That's not what's written. That's not the plan of God. God is going to destroy this earth because man has fouled his nest. He goes, I'm going to take the church out. I'm going to go ahead and judge the wicked. I'm going to destroy this earth and I'm going to remake it. And I'm going to come down, set up New Jerusalem here. And we're going to have heaven on earth. Hallelujah. It will be remade. It will be destroyed. But that's God's plan. You can't change that. Be heavenly minded, not earthly minded. See things vertically and not horizontally. Here's the scripture. Let me give you an example. Colossians 3, 2. Well, um, I'm sorry. Let me come back to that in a minute. By the way, diplomats, he says it over in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Those of you who are politically aware, politically active, you understand that if we were to declare war on Russia, do you know the very first thing that would happen? Do you know what we would do? We would actually bring back our diplomats. We would get them out. We would rescue our ambassadors and our diplomats. We would get the families of American people out. That's what we do. You get your ambassadors out. The very first thing you do. And that's a picture of the rapture of the church. Before God comes to basically declare war on mankind, which rejected him and to judge him and to literally empty out hell and bring it upon the earth to judge the earth, he is going to remove the church. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't forget, the kingdom of heaven is the standard, is reality. But so often, the principles that we operate by in the earth mirror and picture those principles, especially in America, because our our laws and our society and our culture was initially founded on biblical principles. Hallelujah. So then I want to talk about abstain. Let me go back to our foundation scripture. 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims in the earth, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So the word for abstain, uh, just think of abstinence. We talk about abstinence uh, remaining sexually pure before we get married. And basically abstinence means total refraining, not partial, not almost. Abstinence means none, no premarital sex. Not a little, it means none. And the word abstain from fleshly lust, it means the same thing. There is no such thing as just a little bit. To be totally absent from fleshly lust. No, you don't partake in them ever. I put it this way, with the Lenten season coming up for the Catholic Church, fast forever fleshly lusts. This earth should hold no appeal for you. Don't forget, why is that? Because Galatians 1.4 says that, who gave himself for our sins, Jesus, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. This is an evil world. Get that settled. You are not going to change it. You cannot fix it. You will not restore it to righteousness. We are designed to rescue people from it. The true operation rescue is saving souls from hell. We've been delivered from this present world. The world where our bodies are right now is not the world that you and I live in. My address isn't Houston, Texas. My address is heaven. Where do I live? I live in Christ. Hallelujah. That's where I live. God will allow us to live here, but we can't get attached to it. Why? Because it's an evil world. God's got other plans for us. Ephesians 2, 6. And God has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're already up there, spiritually speaking. Don't get stuck down here. Uh, Who wrote this? MacArthur, John MacArthur. I love John MacArthur. Do you want to put to death the lust of your heart? Then stop entertaining them. Peter does not prescribe a program of therapy. He does not suggest that you let sin be treated as an addiction. He simply says, abstain 
quit doing it. You have no business indulging such thoughts. Put them away at once. You yourself must do this. It cannot be done for you, John MacArthur. And I like that. The Greek word for abstain is, I think it's pekomai, A-P-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. And it means away from. The idea of putting some distance between you, a marker of disassociation, implying a rupture from something, a former association. It means to be put away or to be at a safe distance. That's where God wants you. He wants you at a safe distance from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Fleshly lust, the subtle, sensual snare that comes from within. From someone who had been trapped into pornography, it resonates with me. The subtle, sensual snare that comes from within. Meyer says it like this, lust is appetite run wild. And that's simple and that's true. Luke 21, 34 through 35, Jesus uh, warned the disciples, but be on your guard. And it's a present imperative. It means continually as your habitual practice. It's a command. Be on your guard. Continually practice so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life and that this day will not come upon you suddenly like a trap for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. He's talking about his return and you cannot be trapped into these lusts. The Jerusalem Council, I love this, this is great. The Jerusalem Council wrote that the believing Gentiles, remember the Gentiles, mostly Jews got saved right away, but then uh, salvation was offered to the Gentiles also, and they started coming in. So the Council of Jerusalem wrote that the believing Gentiles were to abstain. They were to make it their habitual practice because the war against holiness is continual. You got to get that in your spirit. The war against holiness is continual. You represent holiness by your holy living in your souls. You must get that. The war against you is continual. That's why we go ahead and we warn you continually. That's why we tell you everywhere, every time, every day, all the time, because the danger is present wherever you are. The danger is present wherever you go. The danger is present from those around you. Therefore, the warnings too must be present. Uh, commentator Selwyn talks about lusts that enslave us are lusts that will eventually destroy your life. There is no such thing as compromising with lust. Do not be deceived. You cannot partially abstain. And that's it. You've got to just, just say no. Now, we have an advantage than the world. The world cannot just say no and bring it about because they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit of God living inside them. That, to me, I think that's the greatest greatest advantage of the new birth, you get the life of God living inside you and you get everything that comes with it. You know, we've talked about the Hebrew names, the seven Hebrew names or whatever they are, the seven um, uh, manifestations of the um, Bible concerning, what is it called? The I'm missing it. Jehovah Shalom. That's my favorite, by the way. The Lord, our peace. I, I wouldn't trade anything for the peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. You know, Jehovah Rapha, the, the Lord, our healer. My favorite, once again, is Jehovah Shama, the Lord is present. Mm, that's a good one, too. But I love Jehovah, the Lord, our peace. I, that just blesses me. I don't have to worry about nothing. You know, if I fall down, I can get forgiven. Uh, I can have threats come against me, but I'm surrounded by the peace of God, the presence of God. It's all about getting to know God, abstaining from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. 
We're going to talk about the soul next week. We're going to break that down. There are some great scriptures in there. How faith, you know, can I get that scripture in before I run out of time? It talks about the, the, the fact that you've been given faith and faith, the end of your faith is the salvation of your souls. I know we in where I had just come out of the religion of the word of faith movement, uh, they use faith for everything on the planet and there's really nothing wrong to it. But they never talk about using faith to save your souls. They use the term faith to get money. They use faith to go ahead and accrue uh, material blessings and everything like that. Faith, a very great, strong force on the earth. But at the end of the day, God designed faith so that you could see and receive the salvation of your soul. Father God, I thank you for the hearers, for the listeners, for the people who love you. I pray, Father God, that you would open their eyes, that they would behold wondrous things out of your law, Father God. I pray that the word that we spoke, the scriptures that we preached about, Father God, that they would become real to them, Father God. I pray that you keep them, you bless them, you grow them, you know them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.